Sheriff's of Nothing podcast. This is going to be a long episode. The only place. What's going to be fucking long about it, eh? This character. This character. This isn't a character. This is just my voice. <laughs> it's just how I speak. I'm Sheriff Ella. I'm Sheriff Omar Riani. Ooh. And today we're going to talk about some of the greatest monsters of all time. What accent is that? It's British. Oh. What, what accent do you think it is, love? But we're, like, canonically from, like, the Wild West, American style. Yeah, well, I'm a detective, eh? This is just how you sound after years on the job. Years of researching the most abhorrent criminals of all time. You become British when you... You become British. You get this voice. <laughs> That's what I've got right now. I see. I get it. Um, so, do you have anything to talk about? Anything to say to these people? When most people think of monsters, when they think of... They think they think of ghouls or witches or some fairy tale creatures that are going to creep out from the woods and get them. <laughs> but in actuality, the real monsters are living among us. Did you practice this in the mirror this morning? Only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, they look just like us, indistinguishable. That's why the world we live in is truly horrific. Couldn't get any worse even if we could tell monsters from humans. Mm. Mm. I don't do this job because I like it. I don't even do this job because I'm good at it. I do this job because if I don't do it, then someone else would do it. <laughs> and I don't trust them. No, I don't trust them on beer. Obsessed with your vibe, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, sure. Detective Jones. Ooh. Yeah. I've been promoted or demoted? I, I think know. I've been demoted. You just demoted me. It's all the same job. Who cares about ranks? the end of the day actually me because i'm still still trying to like feed my self still trying to get that money well before we get into the important investigations we've got to read a few silly manifestations first don't we yeah read a couple silly manifestations um where are they they? they'll they'll be all over Um, if you guys want to send in your manifestations, remember to follow us on at Sheriffs of Nothing on Instagram. There's oh. nothing in our DMs. Oh, check comments. Comments? Check comments. Now you guys know we're the most reputable source for crime. Oh. True crime of all time. Yeah. Right. Extremely investigative, you know. Okay, so someone manifests a cheeseburger. <laughs> Looks like that's it. Yeah, that's okay. all we have. <laughs> Waste of a manifestation. <laughs> My no, opinion. It's beautiful. Because I think it represents broader themes of like um, world hunger. 
Yeah. Some of the Maybe they're of the wishing world. for a cheeseburger for everyone. That would be a pretty nice thought. Shame the world don't work like that. Okay, well, I'm not loving this cynical vibe you're putting out. Do you know what? I used to be a hopeful young sprite like you, Sheriff. I used to... I used to be all in the rainbows and pixies, and I used to think there was good in everyone. But years on this job, you realise that the world is a truly fucked up place. There's very little good left. My job's wow. not to make the world a better place, but to stop it from getting any worse. You really have a big hero complex. You're like that dude we read out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dude that thought he was a hero for telling that guy in the sauna to put no, a towel on. I'm a real on. hero. I can save people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. should we just get into it? Yeah. Actually, be- I have one thing I want to talk about. Yeah, right. Um, you know how Beyonce released her country song? <laughs> no. Yeah, she did. She wrote a country song and it's so <clears throat> fire. I haven't heard it. Well, you need to, because it's so good. I listened to it on repeat all the way here. It really got me in a place of cowboy. Maybe we should listen to it now. Yeah? Yeah. Can we actually? Sure, let's listen to it. We'll have to just cut. What were your thoughts? It's a very country song. There's no place for music in our modern world. Damn. (laughs) <laughs> well, I love that. it It was a pretty good song Thank you I want to say Thank you Sometimes I miss music Sometimes I miss the joy it used to bring me You don't listen to music anymore? No Music makes me feel something Oh I can't feel anything It makes me distracted from the job But what if a murderer's hidden a little clue in a song for you? Would you listen then? I guess I gotta Gotta do what's best for Best for the department <laughs> Lovely. Well, do you want to read out one of your cold cases? Yeah, I will. Um, okay, I'll start. I This one actually kind of freaks me out like a lot. I'm not even going to lie. Um, it's, it's unsolved still. That's the whole point of today. Sorry, That's we didn't really talk about this, but we're, we're doing unsolved... It's pretty self-explanatory. I've <laughs> been doing unsolved it. cases today. Some of these criminals, some of these monsters are still out there today. Yeah, That's hence why Omar's acting like this. He's is how I always act. Oh, yeah. That's how I always act. Sorry. It's just my voice. <clears throat> so, this is the case of Arnold Archambault and Ruby Brugier. Go on. Do you I'm know interested. anything about this case? Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Okay, so I'm just going to do a little setup for you. I'm going to paint a picture. You're right. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so it's 6 a.m. the 12th of December, 1992. Were you around in 1992? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's when that's when big crime syndicates <laughs> were ruling, ruling the nation. Yeah? Yeah. That's <laughs> when you couldn't go from, from uptown to downtown. Without a run-in with the mob. Oh. Luckily enough, they've fallen out with each other. And they did most of the killing of each other themselves. Rival mob groups. It's just our job to mop up the remains. Mop up. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. That's that's not good. Okay. So, 
6 a.m. 12th of December 1992 in Lake Andes, South Dakota, a Chevrolet Monte Carlo stopped at a remote intersection on Highway 281. It was a cold morning and the road was icy. All three of the car's occupants had been drinking. As the car left the intersection, the driver lost control. The car jumped the highway and came to the rest came to rest upside down on a frozen over ditch between the road and a set of abandoned railroad tracks. The driver of the car was 20-year-old Aaron, I mean Arnold Archambault, and one of the passengers was his 18-year-old girlfriend Ruby Brugia, and the other passenger was Ruby's cousin, 17-year-old Tracy Dion. Okay, by the time help arrived, Tracy was the only one left in the car, and for three months there were no signs whatsoever of the young couple. It seemed as though they had vanished into thin air. Isn't that freaky? Where could they have gone? <laughs> that's a really that's a real question. That's a, that's a really good. <laughs> that's my <Stop>. laugh. <laughs> that's a real question of this case. Where could they have gone? That's a really interesting question. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me let me let's dive further into this. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> let's keep going, eh? Shall we? Okay. So Arnold and Ruby began dating in high school and soon fell in love. Right. Oh, can I get a little more? I reckon Arnold faked his death, and and he wanted to kill kill Ruby, so he faked okay, a car not, crash. He no, faked a car. Okay, faked, faked okay, car you know crash. what? Let's just. You know what? You, you know let's what? just let's just get all the facts you know first. What? I don't need the if facts. you were legit, I got, I got if a you feeling for this, <laughs> I got a feeling, feeling for this. You case. got that detective I, I gut. I've never been wrong in forty five years. Okay, well, you actually might be wrong. You well, might be wrong. I'm here to tell you, you, know you might did be they, wrong. Did they ever find either of them? Yes. Oh. Maybe if you just listen. Well, well, you know what? That's not unsolved then, eh? Okay, but it's still... Okay, just literally <laughs> let me finish. We're not even a quarter of the way through this. All right, fine. You tell your silly little story, <laughs> then, then we can move on. Okay. <clears throat> so, they began dating in high school and fell in love. High school Aww. sweethearts. They would go on to have a daughter together in 1991, a year before their disappearance, named Erica Marie. But it was obviously a struggle for the two because they were literally still kids themselves and they were hardly ready to settle down, you know? Uh, young love. Young love. I remember and being that innocent. Here's a photo of them. They're kind of cute, you know? Like, right. they just look like sweeties. Very 90s hair, both of them. Um, so... Arnold, he was raised by his aunt after his mother died when he was 13 and she was a woman named Karen Tuttle. Um, she recalled that he was a very nice young man who had never been in any serious trouble. She pushed him to do well at school and got him to graduate. He was really popular in school and he was actually crowned the prom king in his senior year. Were you the prom king? I never went to prom. Oh. I didn't have time for those things. <laughs> What were you doing instead? It's on the job. I was on the case. <laughs> okay, I see. My wife left me because I was too focused on the case. Okay. Took Your wife away. left you? Yeah. You had a wife in high school? I did. Just oh. like these guys. Oh. Hey. Did you have a kid? Yeah. Four. Four? But I neglected them all oh. for the case. Oh. Yeah. That's very upsetting. Okay, and Ruby was described <laughs> as a gentle person. <laughs> 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 Or sometimes my fake laughs. Too. <laughs> I just have to correct it. Oh, 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 oh. 
So she was described as a gentle person. She was always laughing and joking around. She never said any harsh words to her parents. And if she ever did anything wrong, she would let her family know. Interesting detail. So on Saturday, the 11th of December, 1992, so like a day before the crash, Ruby, Arnold and Tracy embarked on an all night party spree. And then at around 6 a.m. the next morning, they ended up back at Tracy's house where they had left their baby Erica. So Tracy's father was waiting for them and Arnold asked if they could pick up Erica. However, Tracy's father noticed that they had been drinking and he just suggested that they leave Erica with him and pick him up later in the afternoon. And they agreed. And Tracy told her father that she was going to go with Arnold and Ruby and then they all left together. And then while driving, that's when they ended up at the intersection. And so according to Tracy, they checked for cars once they had stopped and they noticed that there were no other cars there. Um, And as Arnold left the intersection, the car spun out and the next thing Tracy realized was that she was upside down in the ditch. She and Ruby began to call out for help. She noticed strangely that Arnold was not in the car. Ruby began to cry and yell, oh my God, and she also repeatedly hit the car in frustration. A few moments later, the door next to Ruby opened for her to slide out. And as Tracy like went to reach for the door, it suddenly just slammed shut. And she does not understand why Ruby and Arnold left her there. What are your thoughts on that? I think my intuition was right. Isn't that weird? Did you not listen to me? I, I was like, okay, well, we're, we're not done yet, but like. I, I think I, <coughs> I had it dead on and you were just trying to complicate, muddy the waters. Maybe you've got a stake in this case. Maybe you don't want me claiming all the glory and fame, but don't worry, I'm not in it for the glory or the fame. I'm in it for the truth. You're so humble. Okay. So, and then the police arrive and they search the area, initially believing that the two could have walked off and then fallen through some frozen ice nearby. Or there was also a theory that Arnold and Ruby fled because they were drinking and they didn't want Arnold to get arrested for a DUI, which is fair enough. But their families were skeptical of this as Karen believed that Arnold would not hide and Ruby's mother said it was unlikely that she'd go so long without seeing her baby or contacting the family. So on March 10th, 1993, a whole three months after the crash, when no police could find anything was just a really bizarre thing a passing motorist saw a body floating in four feet of water in the ditch just 75 feet from the site of the accident and it was ruby's body her glasses were missing and both of her shoes were missing her clothes were intact they appeared to be the same ones that she was wearing the night of the accident her body was very decomposed and it was hard to recognize her and they could only identify her because of a tattoo that she had. That's how badly decomposed she was. And at around noon the next day, Arnold's body was found submerged in the water about 15 feet away from where Ruby was found. Strangely, his body was well kept. His skin color was fine. He was not frozen to the ground and his clothes were not frozen to the ground investigators are not certain if the clothes found on his body were the same ones that he was wearing the night he disappeared. So lots of questions obviously coming up. Like, Lots of questions. How could those two bodies have been found in the same location in different states of decomposition? That's quite unusual. And how could they end up in an area that had been so thoroughly searched months prior? So the coroner did examine them and concluded that they both died of exposure. 
which just means that they basically froze to death, both right. of them. So that's a little weird. And What happened to the girl? <clears throat> the girl. Tracy. Well, she was, she's just gone back home. Yeah, right, but did she not give a statement or anything afterwards? Seems she, a bit fishy to me. Well, she did. That's where she was. She explained what happened with like her trying to reach out to get out the door, but it just got slammed back. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. Should we take this witness testimony as reliable? It's <laughs> a question. So. Seems awfully fishy to me. It seems fishy. Yeah, a lot of people agree fishy. with you on that. So basically. There's lots of evidence that they actually didn't die on the 12th of December when then that's when they supposedly crashed. So right. people walk by that area all the time and it was a busy motorway. Their bodies would have been discovered earlier. Also, a tuft of hair confirmed to have been rubies was found up the road after her body was discovered. And it's unlikely it would have just stayed there for three months. So that just kind of indicates some movement. I heard other people said that it could have been like an animal that had just like been nibbling and like taken it up the road. That's a very possible theory. That is a possible theory. That makes um, a lot of sense. And so Deputy Youngstorm, who was like the head detective or whatever. Oh, I remember him. He worked <laughs> under me oh, yeah. a couple of years ago. You guys are yeah. tight? We're tight. Okay. We were tight before he, before he left the force. He actually did leave the force yeah, in I 2011. Know. Exactly. You knew. I knew. Did you go to his retirement party? Absolutely not. Oh. He was disgraced. Oh, why? Um, he 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 didn't didn't he forgot my birthday. Oh. Twice. You don't seem like the kind of person that would celebrate their birthday. Yeah, well, I don't, but I want other people to celebrate <laughs> my birthday. I see. I see. In my stead. <laughs> I, I want see. them to, to have a day where they invite everyone but me, and they all cheer on how great I am. And then, okay. and then I'm just not there. I just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm too, I'm too humble. I'm too humble for this. Yeah. But, but two years in a row and I, I took attendance. I was never there, but I took attendance and, and he didn't come two years in a row. So basically uh, I had to kick him off the force. Oh, you kicked him off. Yeah. Yeah. I kicked him off the force. Wow. It was retirement on the paper so that he could keep his, keep his, um, whatever, keep his, um, keep his stature. I guess <laughs> keep his integrity, mm-hmm. but but off the books, it was all me. I see. Off the books, I just didn't like him. I see. You're quite brutal. Yeah, well, that's what you gotta be to work in this field. I see. You I'd know. Be brutal. I'd know. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. Yeah, Sheriff Jones. <laughs> so yes. You're one of the good okay. ones, even if you can be a bit silly sometimes. Thanks. You're welcome. Why are you giving me that death stare? Right, go on with your case. Then. <laughs> okay. So Deputy Youngstorm, your bestie, your ex-best friend, right. found a set of keys in Arnold's pocket. One key belonged to a vehicle, while two others appeared to be house keys, and Deputy Youngstorm still has these keys in his possession, and he has yet to find a vehicle or a house that they belong to. I knew he was a shady fellow, that deputy. No, that's good. Keeping him in in his possession even after he left the force. Well, yeah, because he's still it's shady, still sticking shady fellow. with him. Shady, shady fellow. That's evidence there. That should be in the evidence locker. Okay. Wow, you're not shady, willing to bend fellow. any rules for justice. Oh, I, Maybe I, you're I, not I as bend, radical I bend as you think. rules for justice all the time, but, but the force comes first. As long as the rules that I bend are ones where that keep.
keep the monsters at bay and not for my own myopic sense of actualization in solving wow. a case. Well, um... That's right, deputy. <laughs> I'm watching you. I know what you did. I think he's the prime suspect. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting take. I didn't see that anywhere. Yeah, well, he's a shady fella. He was. I know him. Keeping the keys after the fact, not being able to find any evidence that was supposedly in Arnold's pockets. What was he searching the body of the clothes that might have been changed over time? I guess. And what then? Then just keeping them to himself? Was he the only one with those keys, the only one searching vehicles? What was he doing just walking up streets, trying to plug it into any car he saw? I guess. Yeah, that's pretty suspicious behaviour. Sounds like he's trying to hide the truth. <laughs> okay. <me>. Interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> so, final piece of evidence was that a witness claimed to have seen Arnold in a car accompanied by three other people on New Year's Eve, almost three weeks after he was reported missing. Deputy Youngstorm believes that this sighting is credible. The witness talked to Arnold and knew of him personally. Of course, that shady deputy thinks that the sighting was credible. <laughs> of course he does. There was no doubt in her mind that the man in the cart was Arnold. Authorities brought witness in, brought the witness in for a polygraph test and she passed. Have you seen that episode of Better Call Saul? No. Where there's a courtroom scene, right? Mm-hmm. Where this, this, one, this one defendant, he's not the defendant actually, he's the prosecutor. Sorry, I made that mistake. Sometimes it can slip my mind because I'm too focused on the case. Yeah. Yeah. But the prosecutor um, accuses this one guy of being, being, the, being the criminal who stole money from the shop because he was eyewitness. Right? But better call Saul, Saul Goodman, he swaps, <laughs> he swaps the people with a guy who looks very similar. And he just testified that he looks exactly like him. That that he's certain without a shadow of a doubt that that's the guy. Yeah. But actually it wasn't the guy. Maybe. Which shows that his testimony isn't credible. So even though he thinks he's telling yeah. the truth, he ain't telling the truth. Is what I'm trying to say. That's actually a good point. Polygraph test, if you're certain, doesn't mean it's true. Exactly. exactly. That's a good point, actually. Think about all the people who believe in chemtrails. I'm sure on a polygraph test. They'd say that's true. That doesn't mean it's actually true in the mm. real world, eh? Mm. Sometimes you've got to be a bit sceptical about these things, yeah. yeah? you're right. Yeah. But yeah, so what, what do I you thought. think happened? I reckon that deputy <laughs> is a bit of a shady fellow, isn't no, he? No, like legit. Okay, off, off record. <laughs> oh my God, you're back. Off record. Hi. I am not actually accusing I've this guy. You. No, you haven't. I have. <laughs> no, I have. So I know what came over me there. I know what came over me there. I'm scared. Forgot about the case there for a moment. He tried to come back. (laughs) I won't let him come out again. Okay, so what do you think's happened? I reckon they were probably taken. The car must have been. Because why would it spin out if there was no... It could have been an icy road. It was. Right? But... Surely road not that icy. They weren't they weren't drunk out of their minds. I reckon the car was sabotaged and then their bodies were tracked away. They were taken and then they were tortured by perhaps a disgruntled ex or a member of a cult or or a member of the religious community who thinks they're too young to have a kid. Probably. That's my best bet. See, but we need some more evidence before we can figure that out. I just 
I don't know because I think it's so unusual that he they got out of the car and didn't mention anything to Tracy. Well, how would they? Because they were there, like Arnold. But we we got assumed they got out of the car because they were taken by someone. But she, the Who door else? opened for Ruby, and she got out. And then shut the door behind her when Tracy went to... It doesn't say she shut the door behind her. It says the door was shut behind her. Okay, that well, doesn't mean it was by her. Okay. you got to think about this. I reckon someone came down to the site of the crash, heard them all screaming, took Arnold out, right? Took him in the back of the van, then heard, oh, God, there are more people here, right? I'll take this girl out, close the door and make a run for it without realising there was someone else in there because perhaps their voices blended together. In the wilderness, right? <laughs> yeah. Took him there, tortured the bodies, did all the crazy things they wanted to do with them, right? But Disposed but one body, kept the other guy alive for a while, disposed him back in the scene of the crime, right? So that people would just suspect it was an accident and they just randomly popped up later. But clearly, they were killed at different times, eh? Yeah. And if it, if it wasn't that far <laughs> off the motorway, they could have just walked back to civilization unless there was something seriously injuring him. Well, people bring up the fact that they were very drunk at the time. They weren't very drunk, though. They just had a bit to drink. Well, they like, I've had a bit to drink right now. <laughs> I'm always on a couple, couple of glasses of scotch. You I know? see. But that doesn't inhibit my ability to do the job. But they'd been drinking the all night, so much so that their father was like, you cannot, you're not fit to take care of a baby. Right. You know what? I don't think that would fit to take care of a baby anyway. If they're going to go out partying and getting too drunk in their sober state, regardless of whether they're like that, they're clearly not responsible enough. Right? Because that, that was actually kids. another theory I read, that like this was like planned and that they didn't want to be like parents anymore or something and that this was like a... Or That's what I said initially, but after I heard that sketchy deputy was involved, <laughs> my mind changed around. But I don't know. Lots of people say it was just a lousy police work and that their bodies were always there. I can contest to that. Police work sounds pretty lousy if, if he's in charge of it. I just think that's not... Uh, I don't know, because they must have been covered in, like, snow, maybe... But it's still so strange that she was so much more decomposed than he was if they had supposedly just got out of the car and died. And I I heard some theories were that they had just ended up walking off in their like inebriated state and ended up on a private property or something and some farmers just like come across them on their property and didn't want to like be investigated or didn't want or like a criminal found them or something just someone who couldn't afford to like have another run in with the law like that so they just kind of put them back where it was like a logical place to put them but it don't seem like it don't seem like you couldn't just accidentally kill them by putting them back in the woods imagine you come across two teenagers and you say they wandered from the woods, right? Yeah. And you decide well, what's the best idea to get them off my property to stop running with the law. No, to no, go no, put no, them no. back in the woods. That they had died on the property. Like they were already dead by the time someone had found them. Oh, right. Well, how'd they get there? 
They can't stumble and then die on the spot for hypothermia. Well, yeah, if they in. froze to death. Or perhaps. Who knows? Who knows? Then why'd they die at different times, eh? Yeah, that that's the sense. weirdest part. So clearly that can't be the case. Because that implies that they died at different times. Let's say both ended up on two separate private properties where two separate people decided to make the same call. Yeah. That seems incredibly unlikely. But it's just so weird that they left the cousin. Like, that's the strangest part of this to me. What do you think that was about? I think it depends on which which lens we take. We've got a couple of leads to track. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're taking the idea that this was premeditated by them to try and get out of having a child, right? Perhaps leaving no witnesses is the best thing to do and you expect them to just die in that car, right? Mm. Or you assume they were taken by something. Or in which case, you know, perhaps it was just sloppy work. Clearly it was sloppy work because they decided to put their bodies back three months later, if that's the case. Do you think it's would be plausible that the police and all the search parties could have just missed them? Perhaps, but I reckon it's rather unlikely since they'd clearly been dead for different amounts of time. Yeah, isn't that freaky? So I doubt it. And it's pretty freaky, but it's not the freakiest thing we see on these jobs. But what do you think about... Okay, this is the last point. Right. What is the? What do you think about Ruby? I wish that the cousin had, like, spoke more about what, like, the vibe was like that night. Like, was there, like, tension or something? Because when they crash, Ruby, it says that she just starts, like, she gets really frustrated so much so that she starts, like, banging on the car. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, and she just seems really, like, frustrated. Like, I feel like that's quite a, an odd reaction to a car crash. Like, I feel like you most people don't go to frustration immediately. Like, I feel like they're more like, oh, my God, like, what just happened? Like, where is everyone? Is everyone okay? I don't know. It can be pretty fleeting, the feeling of fear. Yeah. Especially when someone's just flipped over a car. You can be pretty angry, Em. Yeah. Right. But then why was Arnold out of the car already? I don't know. Perhaps he he was stuck. He was trying to free himself. Yeah. There's so many... So many possibilities. I just want to know. I just want to know. This is going to annoy me forever now. Because I'm never going to know. Do we even have to know? Yes. I feel like so long as there's not a threat to the greater world, knowing secondary. (laughs) And how do they not know if the clothes that he was found in were the clothes that he was wearing that night? Who can say? No one can, can they be not just certain. ask Tracy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this all works. See, maybe this is all sloppy. I will, this literally actually makes me want to become a real sheriff. Because yeah. there are so many things that I feel like we're just not addressed. That's why I joined the force. Yeah? Yeah. To fix the sloppy... Fix the sloppy work. Make sure no bad people got in the positions. Like that Mr. Deputy fella. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, <laughs> no! stupid. 
Deputy Youngstorm. He could have been a king. Absolutely stupid. We'll never know. Well, I got something even more terrifying for you. Yeah? You ever heard of the Chicago Tylenol murders? No. Oh, yeah. A little. A little. The year is 1982. Mm-hmm. 28th of September. Little 12-year-old girl named Mary Kellerman. Right? Mm-hmm. Feeling a bit ill one day. Decides to stay home from school. Okay. Right? So she's in bed. She takes a bit of extra strength Tylenol, mm-hmm. which is a painkiller for sickness thing that they take in the States. The States. Right? Okay, yeah. Right. So she's just in bed during the day. Starts coughing violently. Makes <gasps> her way to the bathroom. Yeah. Right. And then... How old is she, sorry? 12. Okay, 12. 12 years old. Yeah. Like a sad age. To pass. Yeah, it is. She's coughing, coughing up her lung, right? Uh-huh. Her dad's in the living room. Mm-hmm. He has a bit of a commotion and he has a thud. Right? He says, Mary, you all right? No response. Ooh. He walks closer. Mary, Mary, you all right? Starts banging on the door. No response. Opens it up. He sees his little girl on the floor, breathing fast, pupils dilated, skin pale. Calls the paramedics. They try everything to get her in a stable condition. Nothing works. They race her to hospital. And she dies the next day. Aww. Sadly, she's just the first of six Aww. to pass in this manner. Sad. Turns out the Tylenol was laced with cyanide. Four, four out of 48 pills in the bottle. Whoa. Laced with twice the lethal dose needed to kill a human. Whoa. Next day, man by the name of Adam Janus, right? He's feeling a bit sick, decides to take a day off work. Mm-hmm. So he can run a few errands, takes an extra chance of time and all to get through the day. He awaits the same fate. Mm. How old was he? 27. Okay. His brother, Stanley, and his brother's wife, Teresa, come over to his apartment after the fact to check it all out. That they're feeling a bit ill and a bit a bit stressed after the whole event. Mm-hmm. Right. They're in. They take a Tylenol. Try and feel better about themselves. They fall ill and suffer the same fate oh, as their brother. So the same... The same bottle of Tylenol that Adam took so from. So it took out three people in one family. Three people in one family. Damn. Yeah. But it was only four pills out of the whole bottle. That was extra. So they must have been the pills that were sitting on the top that had all been laced. Oh, Someone that's had so unlucky. In. Very unlucky. Okay. There were there were six villains overall. Six, six um victims, not villains. <laughs> okay. Sorry, when you're on the force this long, it all gets mixed up in your head, <laughs> right? Mary McFarlane. Paula Prince, Mary Rayner, also died on this day, 29th of September. Right? Nurse Ellen Jensen goes to investigate the Janus's deaths, right? Goes into their apartment, realises that the only common thread between the illness was that they'd all taken the Tylenol. They initially mm-hmm. thought, because it's everyone who'd been in that building, that there was some airborne pathogen in there Ooh. and it was eva- evacuated. 
But she went in. She realised it was a Tylenol. She looked through. Hell yeah. And she could smell a strong scent of almonds. Almonds? Yeah, coming from it. And she took it to, to the lab. And, and she said, look in this. There's got to be the Tylenol. It's the Tylenol that's killed him. Yeah. But but the main doctors, they all think, Dr. Um, Edmund Donoghue, he thinks that can't be true because if, if it's um, an overdose on Tylenol, they'd be experiencing very different symptoms. They didn't even consider that the Tylenol had been laced with cyanide until a couple of days later. They discarded Nurse Ellen Jensen's uh, um, account because she was a woman. And that um, led to them not finding out that the culprit was Tylenol for a couple more days before there was a mass recall of all the Tylenol in Chicago and other areas. Well, actually, he was one of the leading cases to figure out that it was actually all correct. And, and he more or less realised how it had all been done. So while he was sexist in the beginning, right, it was him and his colleagues. And they hadn't considered that it was laced with cyanide, potassium and... Um, Cyanide, um, something with sodium, I don't know. <laughs> Potassium cyanide. Sodium cyanide, I think. Okay. That's what killed him. That's what ended up getting to them in the end. Right. So there were a few suspects here. Mm-hmm. The prime suspect was a man named James William Lewis because an extortion note was sent to the company that owns Tylenol, Johnson & Johnson. Right, trying to extort them for okay. an amount of money. I think it was over a million dollars. Damn. Or else it's a lot of money. poisoning all the, cyan, all the <laughs> Tylenols, right? The murders would continue according to him because the loss they faced was over a hundred million US dollars due to this incident, Tylenol. Mm-hmm. He also sent, well, we don't know that this letter was written by him. Probably wasn't, you know, in sight. Um, a letter was written... Um, also to the president that said if taxes kept rising, then <laughs> if taxes kept rising, then he would um, he would continue the killing, and the only way to stop it was to stop the taxes rising. But obviously, he didn't keep on the killing because there were only six cases overall. Damn. Right. Okay. And it was never disclosed whether any money was sent to the account in the ransom note or not. Either. Okay. Anyway, James William Lewis was accused of sending that letter and therefore accused of um, of the crimes themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. But the evidence just wasn't there to back it. He took um, DNA samples and shown that none of them matched the bottles. Um, he testified not guilty in court. Eventually, they really had very little to accuse him for other than the fact that he had a criminal history. Mm-hmm. Right. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. What? Yeah. For what? J- just just because he was the scapegoat of the situation. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. If he didn't do it, if he did do it. Yeah. Damn. And he died in 2023. Ninth of July, age oh, seventy six. That was only last year. It was only last year. God, time with these unsolved cases sure fly quickly. <laughs> there was also a secondary man, Roger Arnold, who also had a criminal history, right? And they thought it was him, because 
um, he'd killed someone in the past, and he was also referenced um, near, and he also provided very detailed sketches of how someone could potentially put cyanide <laughs> into these pills to supposedly aid the police oh, and no. stop him from running him, which is very sketchy. But in the end, it was helping him figure it out from prison, which was a bit bit strange. That was a bit strange. Maybe don't do that. Maybe don't do that. But I think all these people, they're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah? You ask me. Who do you think it was? I reckon you got to look at who's got stakes in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Perhaps a disgruntled employee of Tylenol. Uh-huh. Who just wants to see them lose but didn't want the killing to be this severe. So no one's ever found... No one's ever found out who actually did it conclusively. Wow. We don't know. What year was this again? This was um 82. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Did we? Did they have security cameras then? Uh, I think so. There are there are pictures of people right before they bought the Tylenol. Yeah. But we don't know who laced them. They were supposedly laced out of shop or maybe really? laced in shop. We don't uh. actually know. That's why there was a recall. Yeah. But that's also why um, that sort of medicine now all comes with a little plastic thing on yeah, top of the seal. lid. Oh, that's to make sure so there's no interesting. With. That's also why a lot of those strong drugs aren't in capsules anymore. Yeah. They're all in pills to make it harder to tamper with. <gasps> Wait, that's crazy. It's completely unsolved. No one actually knows who wow. did it for sure. Oh, my. That's really scary. It's really scary. So four people died. Six. Six people died. Wow. All across Chicago. And it caused a mm. huge... Drown hmm. business. That's freaky deaky. Is a bit freaky. What are your thoughts, Sheriff Jones? Yeah, I don't I don't feel like it was any of those two people that Me neither. Were the suspect. I reckon the coppers were barking up the wrong tree. I reckon it was just some like weirdo. I reckon it's just someone that had no stake in it. Yeah. I, I reckon it makes more sense for it to be someone random and someone with a premeditated thing. Yeah. And then the letters were sent by someone trying to capitalise on it. Yeah, someone probably. Mad. Yeah. That makes sense. Because why would you be so anti the raising of taxes if you're, like, trying to murder all these people, right? Clearly, there's some sort of ideological misinterpretation to, to what go to radical minor conservatism. Clearly, the the, the, the politics... Stopping the rising of taxes, not even a very serious issue, right? It's very misaligned with the politics of killing several people in two days. Mm. Yeah, but then that's also like Teddy, Ted Crandid, the... Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, the Unabomber. Unabomber was an extremist, though. Unabomber wasn't just saying don't rise at taxes. Yeah, That's not what his letters said. I know, but he... Like, that's sort of the same thing with, like, that ideological. Yeah, I just don't think the ideology of the letters is extreme enough. No, I, I get what you mean. I think he was trying to capitalise on what yeah, he got. the situation. That makes sense. I have no idea. D- has anything happened since that's been similar? I guess there not. There were a few copycat cases. Really? Could they link it to the same person? Because that seems really Most weird for not. one person to just do it once and then, like... Hundreds of people across the states tried to... What? 
hundreds. Tried to do it, but it was all pretty. Nothing really worked. Oh my god! In New York, um, a twenty-three-year-old named Diane Ellsworth died after ingesting an extra straw tine and all capsule laced with cyanide. Oh no! Yeah, seems like a lot of people were just doing it for the fun of it. That's messed up. up. Chicago. Wow. That is very strange. Looks like people did actually suggest that Unabomber might have been oh, the really? cause of this. Yeah. But another thing about those letters is they arrived um, at a time where people think that either they were and delivered or uh-huh. that they were released or they were sent before the um, the killings actually happened, which is quite... Oh. Which means that it might have been more premeditated than people think. But I don't really agree with that theory. No, I don't either. I don't know. That's very strange. Yeah. The reason they think it was Roger Arnold is he had a copy of um, a book called A Poor Man's James Bond. (laughs) Which is essentially like the anarchist cookbook, but not really. Oh, really? And it suggests ways in which you can poison your enemies. Medicine capsules. Ew. Oh, no. Okay, that's not a good one. That's not a good thing to have. No, but it's very inconclusive. None of the DNA matched any of the DNA on the bottles. Okay. Which I think is the biggest thing proven it against. Yeah. I have no idea for that one. It's pretty scary. Yeah, next time you could be taking take any capsules. Not of Tylenol. Yeah, is that like an American thing? Yeah, we also don't have it here. So we're yeah. safe for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one, I have one more for you. Got one more. Let's give it this a listen. This one's a little one. This Let's one's a bit short. Let's give it a listen then. So this one is called the Lead Masks case. Right. Have you heard anything about it? Never heard of it. So. To focus on my cases. I see. To hear about them. I see. So this one's actually set in the 1960s. Right. In Rio de Janeiro. It's funny. I knew a bloke in Rio yeah? in the 1960s. What was he doing? He was wearing lead masks. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Bit suspicious, eh? That is a bit Perhaps suspicious. Maybe this is one of them. So, on the afternoon of August 20, 1996, a young boy was flying a kite on a hill when he came upon two bodies of the two deceased males um, and reported them to authorities. What a good kid. Right. Lovely it's just like fella. a good thing to do. Open out the law enforcement. Yeah. So it was the hill like had very difficult terrain. The police were unable to reach the bodies until the next day. And then when a small p- team of police and firefighters arrived, they encountered an odd scene. The bodies rested next to each other, partly covered by grass. And they each wore a formal suit, a lead eye mask, and a waterproof coat. There were no signs of major trauma or any evidence of a struggle. Next to the corpses, police found an empty water bottle and a packet containing two wet towels. A small notebook also identified on which was also identified on which were written the cryptic instructions, which translate to... 16.30, be at the specified location, 18.30, ingest capsules, after the effect, protect metals, await signal mask. 
That seems pretty suspicious. Right. To have such an obviously decoded thing. But it was just like written in a notebook. It was like like a little to-do list because it has like the times. So like 18, it starts at 16.30. So that's like 4.30 that they would meet. Well, that's well, that's what I'm guessing when I read that. I think it's like a little I to-do that, list. That must have been planted by someone. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah. It was planted on their bodies after the death. They were killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was so hard to reach. Who's to say? Who's to say? Well, I'd say they 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 killed them somewhere so hard to reach. So that they wouldn't be caught. And they put that notebook on them to make it seem like a suicide. I it doesn't mention it here from where I'm reading, but I've heard more about this case before and it's actually that the kid went so he was there the day before as well and he saw the two men talking on this hill and he thought it was like kind of strange because they were dressed in like suits and were really formal and they were just up on this hill and he thought it was weird and then he came back the next day and he saw that they were lying down and weren't moving so then he called the police right so it's strange that they just they obviously died there like up there right seems a bit suspicious that they know the exact day that they died as well why you know because of that oh the old notebook thing it seems very suspicious why would they just do that i write notes all the time yeah, that's but, that's but, something but, i would write but notes oh meet at 4 30 and kill yourself Ingest capsules after the effect. Protect metals await signal mask. Could be a cult thing. Yeah. Perhaps I think there's some afterlife waiting for that. That's that's what my mind went to. Yeah. Like the the metals bit is very oh. like but pseudoscience. But they on their eyes. Yeah, but that's that could be the metals they're protecting. Uh. That's what I think anyway. Oh, that's interesting. Wait, is there? Hmm. Okay, so they were identified as Manuel Peria de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana, two electronic technicians. Um, And so the police constructed a narrative of the men's last two days alive. So on August 17, Cruz and Viana left campus or like they left their workplace with the stated intent that they needed to purchase some materials for work. The two men then boarded a bus and arrived at 2.30 p.m. Evidence shows that the waterproof coats were purchased at a shop there and one bottle of water from a local bar. Upon being interviewed, the waitress from the bar described Miguel as very nervous and noticed he seemed to check his watch frequently. That is the very last time that they were known to be seen alive and it is presumed they went directly from the bar to the spot they were discovered. And unfortunately, no autopsy was performed. Why? That's such an awful job by the police. So the coroner's office was too busy. Oh, too busy. Of course they would be. So that does kind of suck because... It's kind of suggesting that there was some toxic substances that were ingested. By the capsules. Yeah. Right. But no one knows for sure. So 
UFOs actually come into play UFOs. in this theory. Right, go ahead then. That they just believe that they were apparently there was like quite a growing movement of like scientific spiritualism spiritualism that was present like among this time especially among people that were like interested in tech which is funny because they worked in tech and like i just think that's a funny like correlation that was happening at the time um and yeah so apparently the men were (laughs) attempting to contact extraterrestrials or spirits using psychedelic drugs, believing that such an encounter would be accompanied with a blinding light, and the men cut and wore metal masks to shield their eyes. Um, And then it's assumed that the two men died of a drug overdose, Um, and the account is corroborated by the esoteric diary entry that was found by the scene and by the mask-making materials and literature concerning spirits found in the men's home. Right. Isn't that freaky? That's pretty interesting. Because I, I, I read that a whole book. actually pretty good. I've read a whole book about UFOs. <laughs> right, what'd you find? <laughs> um, it was interesting. You read a whole book about UFOs? <coughs> uh-huh. It oh, was, no, ironically. Mm-hmm, it's called UFO. Her name, the author was called like Leslie O'Keen, I think. I'm too serious to believe in that. Well, she was actually an investigative journalist. And I was just interested and I was like, if anyone's going to figure this out, might as well be this lady. It was just kind of crazy. I still don't really believe in them, but it was interesting. Right, well. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 I can tell uh, you all about it sometime. uh, 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 You must one day. I will one day, don't you worry. Got to tell me. Um, so yeah, that's the lead mask case. It's very interesting. Look at case. these men. Look, there's. There I can they see are. them from here. It looks kind of like the man that you supposedly see in your dreams. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, especially Do this one, <laughs> bro. Uh, 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 uh. Do you sleep this man? Do you dream <laughs> yes, this man? Yes, I literally dream about this uh, man. Uh, 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 uh. But it's if sad because they had like together. kids and a family. That is quite sad. And they were just trying to contact the aliens, bruh. We're taking psychedelic drugs. Psychedelic drugs. Seems like aliens wouldn't really Can be you die that. from like, what psychedelics yeah. can you die on? You can die from anything if you have too much of it. No, not everything. Yeah. You can die of water if you have too much of it. That's sad. We need water to survive. Your brain can drown if you have too much water. Really? Yeah, really. Have you ever seen that in the field? Oh, a couple of times. <laughs> Back wow. in the day. Mm. That's what I used to do in the mafia. They'd feed people so much water that they'd drown. Is that real? Probably not. Oh. I don't know. But I've seen it myself. So if you trust my eyewitness testimony. I don't really trust you. You're actually kind of like an untrustworthy person. What makes you say that? I kind of miss my, my partner. Oh. I miss Sheriff Omar. Oh, I, I, I think... Uh, <gasps> uh, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to be... Oh my god! <laughs> you forgot. Whoa! <laughs> what just happened? Oh my god! Hi, Omar. Felt like something possessed me. Something did possess you. What was that? It was Spirit your... of cold cases. <laughs> it was your, it was your um 
Your alter noir ego. God. Well, no, why you're all in the lockup for not snapping me out of it sooner. I'm sorry. God. Oh my god, I've missed you. This is actually—it's <laughs> making me emotional. This is why I'm a great, great podcast co-host. Yeah. Even my alter egos make you miss my presence. Yeah, literally. Um, do you have any thoughts about any of the cases? Any thoughts? We were talking about cases. Yeah. I know I kind of just blacked out for about an hour. Oh. You know? Well, we'll we'll figure them out. We'll figure them out eventually. Eventually. I think we've got the potential to solve them. Definitely. Yay! Yeah, certainly. All right. Well, thanks for for listening in Thank to the Sheriff's Podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. Sheriff's Podcast, Sheriff's Nothing. Sheriff's Nothing? <laughs> Sheriff's Nothing. And follow us on Instagram at Sheriffs of Nothing. Yeah. Share our posts. Share yeah. our reels. Share our podcasts. Drop a cheeky little review on the Spotify. Yes. You know, we've got 18 five-star reviews now. That's so exciting. Actually, I think it's 20. Hang on. Let me let me get the exact Have number. Have a look, look, look. Have a cheeky little look. Have a cheeky little look. Oh, no. What's that? No! What happened there? He's, he's, still, he's still trying. He's still trying <laughs> to escape. No, still 18. 18. Aww. Get us people, to 20. Two people more. Get us to 25 star reviews. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we hope you're all doing well. You're free from the lockup now. We have a lot of work to do. We do. We have a lot to figure out. Clearly, sheriff's work is never done. Never exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, That's it. Thanks Thanks for listening to the beginnings of our work. We're going to stay here for a little bit longer and yeah. keep at it. But yeah. Yeah. It's good to see you guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>